this week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we recap VMworld 2019. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio and sitting with me today is Chris Gebhar. Hi. Hey Justin, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. So where have you been? Uh, been traveling a little bit, a little San Francisco for VMworld. Yeah? Yeah, glad to be back. I've heard of this VMworld thing. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what we did at VMworld. Uh, just if you were interested in going, it's too late. It's already happened. Unless you want to go to Barcelona. Absolutely. If you're out of Europe or just decide to go there. Yeah. Barcelona is nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Great food. I'm on. Um, so, yeah, uh, with us today also are Keith Norby of NetApp as well as Bryce Krakow. So, we'll start with Chris. Uh, Chris, what do you do here at NetApp? Hi, I'm a technical marketing engineer. I focus on our memory accelerated data product. I've spent my previous years with VMware and VMworld uh, doing end user computing, VDI. And uh, was able to attend and work with our team to show all the cool things we're doing here, how we can help our customers at VMworld. And uh, how you can get in contact with me is Chris Geb on the Twitterverse and LinkedIn, Chris Gebhart. So you were uh, once known as Dr. Desktop. I was, I was, yes. Is that, so how did that come about? It's always the year of VDI. Because it was the year of VDI, yeah. Uh, well, it was, Isn't it still the year of VDI? It actually is this year. And that's what I've heard. I've kind of stepped back a little bit from that. But that's what I've actually heard is this is the year. Because we actually have some pretty cool things that we announced at VMworld around our, our HCI platform, our hybrid, our hybrid cloud infrastructure and GPU nodes that actually is making this the year of VDI. I think you should start uh, showing up in a lab coat with a stethoscope. Mm, I think that might be a little weird. Yeah, but maybe. Um, now, he's, now he's Dr. Memory. Dr. Memory, that's right. <laughs> so uh, on the phone in the distance there, Keith Norby. Hi, Keith. Uh, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Hey, uh, I run the NetApp Alliance for VMware. Uh, I'm on at Keith Norby in the Twitterverse and Keith Norby on LinkedIn. All right, and last but not least, also on the phone, uh, Bryce Krakow. Bryce, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Hi, I'm a uh, technologist covering private cloud use cases kind of across the NetApp portfolio. And uh, I am at Bryce Croco on Twitter, and uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. All right, excellent. Everybody has their names as their Twitter handles. That's very good. Self-branding. I like it. So um, we'll start with Keith. Uh, so Keith, this year's VMware was a bit different than others for us. Uh, could you kind of go into how it was different for us and what sort of things you were experiencing there? Yeah, well, it was the first show that um, you really felt a strong Kubernetes uh, uh, presence from VMware, not only the acquisition of Pivotal, but uh, several announcements and projects that are leading them to embed uh, the Pivotal Kubernetes uh, service into vSphere. Um, the alliance, though, for us still is, is strong back to, you know, this this time last year when George Curry and Sanjay Poonin kind of got together and mapped out um several ways I think that we could matter from a multi-cloud perspective. And that went through a couple of strategy sessions with George's staff and um, Atish and Dave Wright and some others. And, you know, we kind of rested on, on really three ways that we could matter. One is based off of the 
on tap platform, you know, you see scale up applications doing things from um, um, a, a speed and a, and a services perspective. So all the way from memory acceleration and NVMe fabric to metro clustering, you know, it's, it's a pretty wide range of both data services and speed capabilities. And that's different from say NetApp HCI, that's more of a private cloud meant to be simple with NSX integrations and vRealize automation to bring a, a self-serve uh, catalog forward. And you've heard many conversations with Andy Bent and others about that. Um, to you know, having BDI run in a, a high def mode uh, with the GPUs now, um, to having cloud volumes help us in the hyperscalers uh, across VMware Cloud. And so that's been in tech preview for a while. We're just starting to see the first levels of adoption and MSPs um, that will be announced in the future. Uh, I won't uh, script too much of the new announcements there, but um, that's really the vision is, is deliver multi-cloud in any one context with which you want to adopt NetApp, which is very parallel to the data fabric strategy. So what were some of the things that got announced at VMworld uh, as far as NetApp's concerned, and, and how, did, how did we show people what we were doing? Yeah, the, the bit, some of the big announcements were really around a couple of things that I mentioned uh, across the tenets of things we're trying to do across the platforms. Uh, the first one is memory acceleration for AFF, and and this, in this case specifically FlexPod. So you know you'll you'll see or it was announced that Cisco FlexPods now will have uh, Max Data integrations that Chris can bring into some further depth on. You know this is an order of magnitude faster than you see. Um, you know, anything today for applications. So, you know, again, where you look at like an SAP HANA or something that needs microseconds of latency um, throughput, you know, this really helps and benefits the advancement of those applications on a modern VMware. Uh, also in, in the SAN realm, you know, Brocade, we have an NVMe um, and doing some NVMe or fabric on modern vSphere. This is the first VM world that they're doing a tech preview on the next version of vSphere that'll have native NVMe support. Uh, and so talking about how much faster that is uh, for native applications on vSphere, um, you know, again, delivers more of the speed and agility part of the, the on-tap stack. Hey, um, Keith. And we talked about the... G- one, yeah. one, one little correction there. We actually demoed that last year. We were the first to have NVMe ah. OF support last year with a pre- tech preview version of, v- of uh, vSphere. And this year, we not only demoed last year's uh, demonstration to really kind of show where we were, but then we did another demonstration this year with the current um, and what will be the, the release uh, in the coming months of our NVMe OF target and uh, VMware as the um, initiator. So, you know, it's been an evolution that we've been working through engineering to deliver this particular solution. And and little anecdotal story is uh, when when the storage and availability business unit uh, product management team came around, um, basically they, they said we got an A plus because we were able to deliver a demo to show the, the value of what we can do from a NVMe OF perspective. And basically the rest of the, in, the show floor got an F as it comes to NVMe and next generation storage connectivity. So we're quite happy and proud about that. So congrats to Mike Peppers and their team on uh, delivering that. So I, I think you were both right because we still are the first. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Just wanted to add a little and, color and there. And IBM is the only other one that has NVMe over Fabric end-to-end. So it's really important to understand that, you know, with this NV, NVA with Brocade, you know, that we sit in a very select spot of technology capability at the futures of VMware and where they're trying to take the speed functionality of uh, modern VMs. 
so you know i think that puts us in great position you know for sure above pure and others that are, you know aren't even there yet and um you know more to come and maybe uh maybe chris's title should be dr futures considering you know he was doing all the tech preview futures from last year and carrying it forward to this year as well i got another one for you keith we showed nvme on one path and rocky over the other path can fail over between the different technologies it's pretty so amazing what would be the benefit of that um, just that you can right now. Uh, it, it's it, what's the argument <laughs> of fiber it. channel, right? You have a 32 gig fiber channel infrastructure, and you have iSCSI, and you know which is only a 10 gig infrastructure. And customers, you know, a LUN is a LUN. So regardless of how you connect to it, you know, we present a LUN, and it can be used via fiber channel or iSCSI. Now we change the protocol to NVMe, so it's NVMe over FC or NVMe over converged Ethernet, and you can access that same namespace you know, over with the NVMe protocol, right? So um, it's the same sort of thing as we did, you know, having iSCSI and Fiber Channel back in the day. Now, could there be a, a benefit to customers that don't want to, uh, today, you know, they have a, a 32 gig infrastructure and they don't want to go to 64. They're going to go to, you know, uh, data center Ethernet and 100 gig. And with VMware today, you know, when the new product ships, we'll be able to connect via NVMe OF. And then as they are looking to upgrade their infrastructure, if they decide to change to a Ethernet-based infrastructure, they can use the same LUNs connecting you know, through Rocky. Uh, you heard of the news about the GPU um, announcements for NetFHCI. So for those who don't know, this means that the traditional compute form factor is the half-width 1U compute node. Now it's a, uh, a full 1U, you know, full-width that has uh, NVIDIA GPUs that are used to accelerate Windows 10 graphical interface. So just again, if you think about this being on a, on a, on a session, you're going to have higher graphics, uh, higher definition graphics, better screen response rates, just a better experience in using it. And, you know, that's ultimately what it's about. So it's really designed for that. It's not necessarily aimed at high-end CAD CAM, although it certainly is used in medium-level CAD CAM. Um, and CROT can get you into more details on that unless Bryce wants to unpack that a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's really targeting the... Um you know, 3D, the 3D graphics intensive use cases that, you know, what they typically call in the, in VMware VDI terms, uh, the, the power user segment. So, um, you know, you can do that um, with good performance on uh, virtual desktop infrastructure, um, you know, with, with, with a uh, user experience that kind of more approaches the physical desktop use case because we're using these new NVIDIA T4 GPUs in it. And it, of course, it's part of our NetApp HCI um, product, which which comes with various other benefits like the ability to provision storage performance per workload and things like that. So um, in the end, it's just a really good, um, robust virtual desktop infrastructure uh, experience for uh, power users that need advanced 3D graphics capabilities. Yeah, one other thing too that's, that's interesting, and I don't know exactly if this is out yet or if it's coming, but um, we're working on making sure the NVIDIA grid software is something that can be, you know, part of the NetApp SKUs uh, to ease sort of the ease of doing business factor for customers and partners. Um, it's it's the number one people that try to do NVIDIA GPUs with any kind of VMware environment is that the, the grid software acquisition stuff is just a complete pain. And so the, the crew back in Boulder has been working on that for, you know, months, if not over a year that I remember. And, and I'm not sure if it's part of this announcement or one coming up, but um, it's something they're working on 
uh, or have delivered. Um, the tech previews on um, on cloud volumes for VMware Cloud. This is something that Chris Gebhardt previewed. I won't get too much into that because we've got to wait till VMware Barcelona for the potential announcement of the MSP that has the lead on this for AWS. But there is also some work on, on the rest of the hyperscales, if you can imagine. I can't say any more than that. Um, but the coolest part was we got all the Kubernetes stuff fired up now. And so perfect timing for us to have the offset um, to VMware's pivotal announcements where, you know, we can run not only um, the NKS uh, as you see it in, in its normal mode, but also sitting on a Linux VM and VMware private cloud. I don't know, Bryce, if you want to unpack that further, but that to me was one of the coolest announcements as well. They nickname it three clicks to, K, uh, to Kubernetes. Right. So, so the big product announcement was our NetApp Kubernetes service on VMware. So, you know, NetApp Kubernetes service, you've had Matt Baldwin on the, on the program before, and he, um, you know, his, his, the company that he started, which NetApp acquired and is now NetApp Kubernetes ser service, um, is really originally all about deploying um, containers in the three major public clouds with a con common single pane of glass interface. Well, now we've added, in addition to be able to, to deploy containers to uh, AWS, Azure, and Google Clouds, you can deploy it to your VMware on-prem environment as well with that same user experience is the idea. So instead of you know, having to worry about infrastructure, we kind of abstract all that away for the, for the Kubernetes user. Um, and underneath that, it's all getting deployed in VMware. And uh, so a lot of the conversations that I had at uh, VMworld this year were about uh, NKS on NetApp HCI, which is a sort of specific subcase of NKS on VMware. Um, and that's really interesting because we've built a whole bunch of automation around deploying infrastructure software. So not only do we abstract away the infrastructure complexity for the uh, Kubernetes user, we actually also abstract away much of the complexity of deploying all the infrastructure software that's needed to make this work for the NetApp HCI admin. So um, you know, we, we automatically deploy all the prerequisites that are needed on-prem to run the NKS service with it, uh, with kind of a kind of a uh, a few clicks um, on a cloud-based control plane for that. So, with the VMware announcement of Pivotal and all that, how does that play with NKS, or does it conflict at all? Overall, I don't I don't see it as a direct competitor. I mean, if you look at um, you know Tanzu Mission Control and the announcements that happened around that. Um, that Tanzu Mission Control basically stops at deploying the Kubernetes cluster. Um, so from a functionality perspective, then a Kubernetes service does a whole lot more than that um, further up the stack, right, where you can actually deploy Helm charts. Uh, so it's sort of the end of the spectrum where you're actually dealing with deploying of an app on the Kubernetes infrastructure. It, it's something that, that we do that, that, that they just don't touch with, with that particular product. So you know, I think I think there's a there's a complementary element of it there as well, um, in term in terms of the announcements that were made in, in our in our product. Yeah, and I would I would say it's it's this progression of taking you know the majority of customers that we run into that aren't on Kubernetes yet, you know, and there's just they're talking about it on one of the keynotes where uh, one of the customers I think it was FedEx or somebody talked about you know 660 apps. And they've only got five percent of them migrated to cloud native, because these things just take a long time. So whether you're creating new applications that are cloud native and, and Kubernetes based, or you're trying to convert, it's a bit of a mess for a long, long time. It could be a couple of decades. 
And so the point is that I think we're going to all be masters of the folks in the virtualization platforms, the, fo- the folks trying to do this with, you know, multi-cloud, in other words, cloud in the hyperscalers, cloud on-prem, and however that's got to take shape. And then we also have to ma- manage the way to have that also host Kubernetes. And you got to be able to do all of it. And fortunately, we've got the underpinnings on, uh, across all the platforms of NetApp where we can do that. And I think that's what we just started to deliver now with this VMworld. And if it overlaps a bit with uh, VMware, you know, so be it. But uh, I think for customer choice, this brings um, a good level of balance between what the Kubernetes crowd is going to want natively, what the native VMware crowd is going to want, and what's right for NetApp and its, you know, its technology. The other conversation I had a number of times with with customers there is that, you know, uh, our NetApp Kubernetes service is based on entirely upstream um, technology, right? So there's no there's no proprietary bits in there. There's no sort of secret sauce. It's 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 all just uh, based on on pure upstream open source um, components. So there's no vendor lock in there, and that's that's a really I think important point as people consider how to move into into the, the world of Kubernetes uh, on VMware. They, they need to consider uh, vendor lock-in implications or, or portability. I mean, the kind of one of the whole major points of containers is that they're inherently portable um, from one infrastructure stack to another, be that on-prem or pr- public cloud. And uh, NKS is really great for facilitating that because it is uh, it retains that inherent portability without attaching any sort of custom proprietary uh, bailing wire underneath. Um, the other thing is, w- with respect to uh, VMware's announcements, we don't yet know a whole lot of details about it. We don't yet know um, timing. We don't yet know licensing. Of course, there's many unknowns that we'll learn about uh, as the months go on. Um, and But because ours is, is, is all upstream and there's no vendor lock-in, you know, I think a lot of our customers seem to find comfort in that because they can always decide to change later. There, there should be no reason that you couldn't, you couldn't take if, if you. I mean, to, just to illustrate the point, right? If you're, if you're a NKS customer and you decide one day to stop paying your your NKS bill, what happens? Well, the answer is nothing. I mean, your your Kubernetes clusters actually keep running because there, there's no reason they wouldn't. So it's it's literally just a control plane um, for those clusters that we provide and then it's all upstream and there would be no reason you couldn't change your mind about what service you use later. Um, so it's great to try NKS now, uh, NKS on VMware um, soon. And, and then you can, you know, you can always change your mind about that decision later if you were to want to. So we didn't build in a kill switch. <laughs> no, kill you stop switch. playing your bill, turn it off. That's no, good. I mean, this is, this is That's the big thing of, uh, yeah, be about, mean. Yeah, it's a big theme of what we're doing in in not only the cloud native world, but it just in in private cloud in general. Is we're trying to retain options, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting products coming out across the space now, but many of them come with some flavor of vendor lock-in, whether it be an overt lock-in or just something that makes it very hard to change. Uh, we're trying to give customers flexibility and choice. We're trying to to use. Um, you know, upstream, open source, wherever we can, and uh, make it very easy for workloads to be portable. So how do we provide stickiness then? Like, how do we keep people on NKS? You know, is, it, is it provided based on the quality of the service, or is it based on other things? 
Well, that's it. I mean, obviously, we're hoping that. Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of options in this space, and so we're hoping that uh, that ours ours is a compelling one, and that without without fear of locking, you'll start using it, and you'll find the experience great, and continue to do so. Excellent. So, what sort of things resonated with people at VMworld when it came to talking about NKS? Well, just that it's it's a it's the easy with NKS on HCI particularly, just that it's the easiest way you can get going with uh, Kubernetes on a truly enterprise grade platform uh, that's VMware based right now. Um, I think it's I think it's the easiest way, barn none that I know of, to, to do that, and uh, there's no risk in doing so. I mean, if 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 you're if you're going to go with a NetApp HCI as the basis for your on-prem private cloud. Um, and there's many good reasons to do that outside of, of Kubernetes entirely, then that's great. And then NKS becomes, at that point, a really great control plane for deploying containerized uh, workloads in that environment, be they um, you know, workloads your, de- your developers are, are building and they're going to they're gonna use their own, um, their own applications, or be they from our curated list or marketplace that sort of appears in NKS, the so standard apps that you could deploy. Um, it's, it's a very easy way to do it. We deploy the software for you. Um, essentially, you generate a token and give it to us, and we can deploy the requisite infrastructure software on your NetApp HCI for all this to work. And then your users, your Kubernetes users, can just log in to NetApp Kubernetes service as a control plane and immediately get going in three-click three deployment of containers and so forth. It's a very low-risk, no-lock-in, easy way to get going right now with containers on-prem. All right, so Chris, Keith touched on some of the announcements of VMworld. Um, let's go a little deeper. So let's start with that FlexPod that we came out with. What Absolutely. is that all about? Yeah, so back in uh, July or June, when we first announced it, we announced it at Cisco Live, and it was a uh, memory accelerated FlexPod, and it used bare metal Red Hat servers. And so we knew that the market for FlexPod was much larger than the bare metal market, and that about 80% or so of our FlexPods are deployed with VMware and virtualization. So uh, we we used uh, vSphere 7.6, uh, 6.7 update 2, excuse me, uh, and uh, which now supports Intel Optane DC persistent memory, and uh, basically built a, a validated um, white paper um, off of that vSphere platform with the Intel DC persistent memory. And so we did some basic tests to look at the, um, you know, file performance, right? So, or, or the, the IO performance. And then we did some testing where uh, we used Postgres and looked at the performance of the applications uh, with and without max data and Optane. And uh, basically what we came to find was that you could basically do three times better performance uh, with 12 times uh, better latency uh, and about half the amount of VM resources uh, with max data than if you just used a FlexPod, you know, alone, right? So we basically proved this out in a white paper and we'll be um, doing a couple other things around Postgres and other databases coming up with uh, the memory accelerated FlexPod as it was something that was very well received by uh, Cisco and, and our joint FlexPod customers, um, because, you know, application performance, especially when it's around uh, your most critical applications, being able to deliver a better latency and a better user experience um, is key. And being able to just use some software, you know, with a with a B200M5 and some Optane to be able to deliver better performance is, it really resonated well with our with the customers. 
So with this better performance, is this seen across the board for, you know, whether it's virtualization or hardware? Or, I mean, is it? Yeah, so we do know that there's, you know, virtualizing, uh, you know, a virtual machine has a, uh, you know, there is some overhead to that, right? We have now, instead of a, a single um, translation for memory, right, TLBs, which is basically memory cache, right, at the physical layer, we also have it at the virtual layer. And so in the current shipping version of, of Max Data, we use TLBs. And so there is a, a difference in the performance between a virtualized and non-virtualized platform. However, in upcoming versions of, of Max Data, we will bypass those uh, and thus be able to provide um, better performance just in general, um, you know, anywhere in the realm of 20-odd percent better um, virtualized performance than bare metal so it's going to get a, it's going to get significantly better uh in the future but it's uh you know really operationally there's no difference in if you're doing bare metal versus virtualized the virtualization gives you uh, a lot of flexibility uh, when it comes to resources right so i have a vm that's running and i'm using 12 vcpus those cpus a, a lot of times are waiting on io and by putting persistent memory in the guest or provisioning it to the guest, I can then reduce that wait time to basically nothing because it's sitting on the motherboard, right, on next to the CPU, and thus reduce my overall latency, improve my overall performance um, just by not waiting. So really, really efficient use of, of virtualization resources. Okay. And uh, we can also virtualize uh, the max data piece, right? You can create a VM and kind of simulate it. Yeah. So there's two ways of simulating. Uh, so let's say a customer wants to try this out today, right? Um, they are a FlexPy customer or even not for that matter. Um, they can download the Max Data software. We have a 90-day evaluation on the web. And um, we can do two different things. We can first take DRAM uh, from the host and give it to the hypervisor. And basically VMware will say, I'm going to use a percentage of that as persistent memory, even though it's not. Um, and then we can use max data on top of that and emulate persistent memory. With max data, you can also do that within the guest. So I can say I'm going to mimic persistent memory within the guest virtual machine or even bare metal server per, uh, as persistent memory. So I can try it out before I purchase all this hardware. And there's, there is a little difference between um, DRAM performance and Optane performance. Um, but for the most part, it's fairly negligible, negligible compared to a, you know, a storage system sitting even over, you know, the fastest InfiniBand or 32 gig fiber channel uh, NVMe OF, right? We're still talking magnitude, uh, orders of magnitude, better latency um, from max data and from the guest than going over the wire to any storage system. Cool. So what else did we announce uh, that Keith mentioned? I know he mentioned NVMe. NVMe or Fiber Channel, right? So let's go a little more into detail with that. Sure. So basically the demonstration that we gave, uh, we had the three demos. We had the first, it was last year's, where we showed um, uh, NVMe OF, you know, connectivity, some performance, uh, 
data versus fiber channel. We then did the same thing this year with the new newer shipping bits. We did some um, distribution of IO across multiple LUNs um, within the same volume. We did a, a vMotion, you know, a couple just different uh, data points around uh, operational things with NVMe OF and performance around NVMe OF. Um, and we're going to be, you know, continuing to work on that to, um, you know, with optimized builds and things like that to uh, demonstrate the the performance. As Keith said, we're also doing an NVA um, uh, around that, which is a NetApp validated architecture, uh, which should be hopefully out in a couple of months here, or hopefully sooner. Um, so that's something that's coming. Um, as far as the NVMe and Rocky demo, we, again, did that. Um, we will be demonstrating all of these uh, demos at VMworld Europe. Um, there is, uh, you know, uh, America, we, we have, you know, the demos here. We reuse a lot of those. We'll create some new ones uh, as we're creating content for our Insight conference, which was something that we wanted to make sure the VMworld folk know as well, um, as a lot of our customers that came through the booth are also Insight um, attendees. So, oh, yeah, NetApp Insight. That's coming yeah. up soon. Sooner than you know. Sooner than you can oh, think. Yeah. All right, what else we got, Chris? The last, well, there's two other things, right? We did announce the, uh, right prior to the show, the virtual appliance, which is uh, the virtual storage console plus our SRA um, and uh, the, the VASA provider. And we revved that. Um, and really the, the big thing that came with uh, that was the support for the HTML5 UI, right? The Flex UI is going away. Um, and uh, I think this was the 6.7 was the last one to support both the, uh, the web UI and the, the HTML5 UI. So we now have a working and very pretty virtual storage console. And, uh, you know, so you can download that if you're a, a vSphere customer and ONTAP customer today. Um, and we also did uh, one of the, the cooler things that we had when we're working on it for an upcoming version of ONTAP and for our on-command Unified Manager, which is a, a, a really a great way to be able to look at your infrastructure in a VMware in a VMware context. So an administrator can go in and uh, a storage admin, right, or a general purpose VM Jack of all trades can go in and look at the entire VMware infrastructure from um, a performance perspective. And it goes and it will look at uh, where there's latency, where there's potential bottlenecks, so that you can very granularly go and look at individual virtual machines, virtual disks, through the network to the, uh, you know, the volumes and the underlying LUNs that are supporting those virtual machines to find out if there's a uh, you know, potential latency problem or congestion problem, and then allow you to be able to take action, like doing a LUN, you know, a, a LUN move or a vol move to be able to move it to a system that has more performance headroom. Um, some really cool things around VM granular uh, management and VM awareness around performance um, that we'll be uh, working on in an upcoming version of, of our ONTAP and OnCommand Unified Manager or Active IQ Unified Manager. Ooh, yes, we've rebranded. Yes, yeah. we have. Again. All right. Um, Keith or uh, Brian or Bryce, you got anything for us extra? Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, looking forward, a couple things. One is uh, you mentioned VMworld Europe. Um, so it is true VMworld Europe is going to be better than U VMworld US because we'll get to announce a few more things there, continue the story. Um, that was a little tip of the cap to all my European brethren that will listen to this podcast. 
Um, the other part is that uh, um, there's going to be a lot of futures we should be talking about um, without divulging NDAs, but things are, things are working towards our, our updating the VMware validated design. Um, right now, that's currently on a 4.7 uh, or 8 version, and we're going to try to upgrade to, to version 5. There's also a lot of talk and work around Cloud Foundation. That was really one of the centerpiece uh, control planes for all of the multi-cloud stuff that VMware is trying to put together. Um, you know, these are all things that, uh, the reason why I mentioned them is, you know, we'd like your feedback. You know, the folks that listen to this podcast um, probably have a lot of great ideas or great requests from their customers or their partners. You know, we want to hear those requests as we look to shape the, you know, act number three or act number four, depending upon how you look at it and where we take this. So, right, anything else you want to add to that? Where should um where should people be sending those requests? Keith.norby at netup.com? Uh, <laughs> Keith.norby at netup.com is a good place to start, yep. There you go. Bryce, do you have anything else for us? Only thing I think worth adding, uh, NetUp Kubernetes service does have a 30-day free trial, so if people want to just check that out in a, in a public cloud context, um, just link it up to your public cloud account. You can uh, feel free to do so for 30 days and just see what it's all about. And uh, you know, the intent is for everything to work exactly the same on-prem. No risk, no kill switch. I, l- I would like the placebo switch where I can just switch it back and forth just for make me feel good. Where it doesn't actually do anything. Switches are nice to flip. I mean, <laughs> you know, have one that has a little light on it. That'd be great. So, Chris. Yes. Um, so, you know, all the things I mentioned here today, um, you know, I'll, I'll give the same plug as Bryce did, right? I mean, it's we have Max Data, which does have a 90-day evaluation. Um, go evaluate that. We have the... Virtual Storage Console 9.6, um, which is a you know a, a, a product that is uh, you know free of charge. I mean, you buy an ONTAP system, but it it comes with the ONTAP system. Uh, NVMe over Fabrics. Now, the NVMe protocol is now part of the the uh, Premier bundle. Um, what's the actual marketing term for that? The um, Premium bundle, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, so that comes with it. So you know, support for that when vSphere has it will be um, available. It's something you can try out within your fiber channel infrastructure um, when that's available. And uh, same thing with on command or active IQ unified manager. Um, this will be a, a, a feature that will be available within OCUM as well. How do you like your Vikings this year? Skull. Um, you know, we always expect like an eight and six season where they barely miss the playoffs and then everything from there is upside. The only games required to win are against the Packers um, and everything else is upside. Well, hey, you get Kirk Cousins. That's all you need, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, he's, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame for uh, sub-500 teams. Hey, and just keep playing these sub-500 uh, teams. Greatest, we have the greatest preseason coach in the history of the NFL. Yes. Well, you stick around that M- NFC Central, you'll be playing plenty of sub-500 teams. <laughs> That's right. All right, excellent. Bryce, what about you? Are you, you, you NFL guy? Big Broncos fan, of course. Oh, there you go. You got Joe Flacco. That's yeah. all you need, too. Yeah. <laughs> Looking up for both your teams. <laughs> yeah. You could always get Paxton Lynch back. I'm, I think the Seahawks dumped him. So... I'm sorry, I'm bringing up horrible memories for you, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm remembering a very pitiful Super Bowl party a few years back. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, what about you? Any, any hopes for the season, or you just don't care? I haven't cared for a couple of years. I, I basically divorced the Bears. Um, 
I, you know, they just management, you know, the, the, the family, uh, had made too many bad choices in the past. And so uh, I may give them a look this year, you know, we'll see. See, it's top of mind for me because I got a fantasy draft tonight. Okay. So I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had my last night, but I do think the atopic question for Chris, for those that don't know, is he is a master at orchestrating Christmas lights to music. So I'm very I curious am. if there's a new, a new orchestration for this year. Cause one year you kind of laid prints on there. I did. Do you have anything new uh, lined up for this year? Chris? I've got I've got a couple new things coming. So uh, you can go to Facebook at Gebhardt Family Lights dot or just Gebhardt Family Lights. There you go. And, shameless uh, plug. Shameless plug for a non work related thing. No, it's, they're very impressive. Are you doing Old Town Road? Thing? I am not well. doing it well. So I haven't. I, I I do know that I have one song that will only be played between five thirty and six thirty because otherwise parents will shoot me um it's for the very very small children um that, oh it's baby shark isn't it maybe <laughs> <laughs> i have a six-year-old i'm very well acquainted with these things yeah there's a couple variants of that with with the santa shark and things that we're we're, we're toying around with the idea we are going to be adding some new songs um and old town road is is probably not the one that i'm going to do this year yeah yeah oh well May add a couple extra hey, Christmas Chris, songs. Chris, the one, the one request is still open. If you can ever figure out how to orchestrate the data center lights to music, please bring that. I will. We got REST APIs now. You can just do a bunch of blink commands. I could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, uh, Keith, Bryce, Chris, thanks so much for joining us again today. Uh, Keith, again, if we want to reach you, how do we do that? At Keith Norby, or you know how to get me in the internal email. That's right. Chris, you can get me at Gebhardt Family Lights on Facebook <laughs> or Chris Geb on the Twitterverse. And Bryce. At Bryce Krakow on Twitter. All right, excellent. Thanks so much, guys. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Keith Norby, Bryce Croco, and Chris Gebhardt for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah. Shark.